Who is Dr. John Butler? Part 1. Welcome to Hypnotalks and this mini-series on the medical and psychological hypnotherapist Dr. John Butler. I'm your host Axel Hombach. I'm the head of the Hypnosezentrum Köln in Germany, where I work as a hypnotist and trainer for hypnosis and self-hypnosis. I'm currently online with Dr. John Butler of the HDI in London. Hello, John. Hello, Axel. Now, John, before we go into the interview, let me introduce you shortly to our listeners so that they have a general idea about who you are. As I said, you are the director of the HTI in London, the HTI that is the Hypnotherapy Training International, which was originally founded by the legendary Gil Boyne, of who you are, the successor, and whose work you carry on. John Butler was one of my trainers in hypnosis, and I actually consider him one of the best teachers I've ever had, not only in the field of hypnosis, but speaking generally. I consider him one of the best ever teachers I had. So far, John has given several workshops already in Cologne, and the feedback reflects that John Butler is one of the best teachers of hypnosis, of hypnotherapy, that are out there. And since we started offering workshops in Cologne, in Germany, people have been asking me, who is Dr. John Butler? How did he get involved with hypnosis? What is his expertise? What is his background? This is one of the reasons why we are doing this interview. People are very interested in your biography. So now, without any further ado, let's start with a very open question. John, who are you? Well, thank you, Axel. Well, as you've mentioned, I'm the director of the HTI. Uh, just to clarify what you've said about Gil Boyne's work, the HTI uh, that Gil ran for many years in Los Angeles was the Hypnotism Training Institute. And Hypnotherapy Training International is continuing his work Uh, he was very influential in persuading me, finally, to set up a school of my own. And from there, we've branched out and taught in many countries. And the aim is the same, really, to promote the very best quality of hypnotherapy worldwide that we can. So that's one part of who I am. It's my passion. It's a vocation. It's a major part of something I do every, every day. We're always working on our next courses here in London or in other countries and looking at the research and working on uh, the current student uh, cadre that we have, how they're getting on. And so it's very much a, a, a 24 hours a day operation almost to keep our whole world of hypnotherapy advancing the way that we want it to go. Now, I also, of course, work and see clients. I do clinical work to this day, and that's been a major part of my background. My teaching is based on the pragmatics of clinical work as opposed to theoretical work from different academic disciplines, which is very important in the way it helps us understand uh, and develop some of the methodologies in hypnotherapy. But the practical work is a foundation 
that it cannot be minimized and must be the predominant part of hypnotherapy. It's the clinical art of hypnotherapy as that is the most important thing for our students to learn. And they can read up and immerse themselves in the theories, uh, academic theories and various theories out there uh, as part of a background to their clinical practical skills. So clinical work is a big part of my life too. And I think it's very important that teachers keep in touch with the clinical work so that they're teaching from a position of uh, constant engagement with, with clients as well as working from their practical skills of teaching, which they're developing and working with all the time. So keeping your clinical skills active and hot is very critical. I'm also involved in teaching, still teaching at the academic level in the medical world, the world of uh, medical, clinical medicine, research medicine, and that's teaching neuroanatomy, neurophysiology, uh, anything really with a a neuro label in it is part of what I do in the teaching and the academic level. As I read, you studied neuroendocrinology. What exactly is that and what did you study there? Well, neuroendocrinology is looking at the, the neurological and endocrinological systems where they are uh, interactive uh, and looking at essentially how the brain regulates the endocrine system as the brain regulates every activity in the body and of course the body sends that information to the brain in complex feedback loops and the neuroendocrinology is really studying that in all of its vast complexity. So I researched in one particular area of that and uh, that's part of what I teach of course as well. That sounds as if there are some overlaps to hypnosis there, at least from the brain perspective. If you look at how the brain and how the hormones are regulated, etc., and how you apply maybe suggestions for pain management, maybe in other areas like in stress management, etc. Everything of those areas is regulated by various hormones or neurotransmitters, etc., and I could imagine that From your own university perspective, you are somehow very well equipped to dive into hypnosis. Yes, Axel. Well, the research into hypnotherapy has come on uh, in leaps and bounds. As technology has improved, uh, years ago when I was interested in the science uh, behind hypnosis, how it acts on the brain, Well, the technology was very limited by comparison to today's standards, basic EEG. And uh, we have then, of course, moved on a lot with neuroimaging methodology and MRIs. It's functional MRI and other systems. So a great deal more is now known. Uh, my interest in the brain, uh, coming from a scientific background, was to look at how the brain works, and this is a vast field of itself, how the brain regulates itself and the body. And to study the brain is too vast and complex to, to try and understand it all in one package, so to speak. One has to break it down into systems within the brain, areas within the brain, and look at it, particular functions that go on there. And so one looks at uh, certain neuronal groups, the 
cells that are there, the neurophysiology, the neuroanatomy, the synaptic connections, the pathways, the wiring, and seeing how that uh, is constructed, that's the anatomy, how it works at, at the physiological level, and then how that regulates functions within the body, which then feed back into the brain itself. And so a lot of what I do, of course, uh, is more of the, well, that I study was more of the mainstream, where hypnotherapy itself is very much on the side of uh, research. It doesn't get a lot of grants, uh, a lot of attention. But the work of people like John Gruselier and Helen Crawford in the United States, uh, several other people, Rainville and others, has opened a lot of windows into our understanding of the effects of hypnosis on activity in the brain. And it's quite intriguing. And there's many debates about what it all means. And certainly from my background, it's easier for me to understand that uh, and conceptualize it in, in lots of different ways that if I hadn't got the background in the hard sciences of the brain, my original work was looking at estrogenic regulation of certain cell groups in the brain and how those cell groups then triggered pituitary act activity and then triggered uh, the hormonal axis that affects regulation. And so that was one part of my research. And of course, a hormone like estrogen affects not only reproductive function and reproductive areas of the brain, but it's involved in all kinds of other activities and affects the functioning of cells, uh, particular cell groups uh, specifically, um, but affects all cells to some extent, and how important that hormone is. So there, are a lot of, there is a lot of complexity in studying the brain. It's the most complex structure we've yet discovered in the universe. And with our brains, we are struggling to understand the brain and I think hypnotherapy will, in due course, be seen as a major part of how we understand consciousness and how that works in the human brain and in human behavior. Now, that's not to say that perhaps science has, will have all the answers, but uh, I think it's, very, it's a very valuable part of hypnotherapy that we understand the basics, at least, of the science behind it, and then we can look further then into areas where science has yet not understood how things operate, but with good clinical observations, good empirical observations, we'll be able to find what works best to help patients, to help our uh, clinical work become the very best it can be. And from this brain perspective, as I understand, you not only work with the brain as a neurologist, but you also have some background in psychology and psychotherapy and have worked in both fields. Yes, that's true, because uh, my clinical work has involved working with people with the clinical issues they bring, which are often areas to do with uh, stress, anxiety, Uh, the, the psychological problems they bring, which of course have profound effects on the neurological, neurophysiological activity of the brain, and, uh, and, and they feed into each other, of course. In the clinical work, then, it's important that a person has a good understanding of psychological principles, and these, of course, overlap 
between psychotherapy and hypnotherapy. And I trained in psychotherapy several systems and was uh, for many years on the board of the UK Council for Psychotherapy in the United Kingdom. And I have utilized certain of the knowledge that we that is uh, part of my psychotherapy training within my work with hypnotherapy, because hypnotherapy is a very broad basis of psychological and uh, psychotherapeutic knowledge that it works from. And so it's important to be able to use concepts, ideas there that are very relevant to hypnotherapy. So hypnosis, being a mind-body therapy, draws on information from all branches of psychology, all psychological knowledge, and I would argue also philosophical knowledge about human thinking, human society, human behavior. I think the critical thing to understand that differentiates hypnosis and hypnotherapy from psychotherapy is the very direct way that hypnotherapy connects with the subconscious processes. And without a lot of intellectual speculation about what could be wrong with the person based on one's prevailing psychological theory and the method of psychotherapy one is using, be it cognitive, be it psycho, uh, psychoanalytic or any other system. Well, hypnotherapy directly investigates what's happening in the subconscious layers of the mind, the subconscious process, if we want to call them that, and deals directly with them at that level. I believe you mentioned you were on a UK government board of some sorts. Is that correct, so? Yeah, the UK Council Psychotherapy is, is not a government board. It is well recognized by government agencies as one of the three main bodies regulating psychotherapy. And um, there are a lot of interactions, of course, between the UKCP and government policies and uh, government activities in the field of mental health. Now, I was involved in many government-sponsored initiatives that were involved in the regulation, uh, the self-regulation, the voluntary regulation of hypnotherapy that we have in the UK, of which there are many bodies involved in that as well. And I was in the early 1980s, uh, the main person, in fact, I was one of the first people, at least that I know of, in the modern era of regulation, and that began in, modern, in, in that er, early 1980s. I hope to bring various people together from the schools that existed at the time and hope to get them talking to each other with a view to setting standards and raising standards Uh, developing the standards for the future for clinical practice and for training schools. So we would have a common basis of standard, at least, that the public could feel confidence in and that government agencies could also look at it and feel, well, what these people do is uh, a reasonable standard, at least. And in that initiative over the years and in the many initiatives, really, but in that movement, to set and raise standards, there's been progress and yet a lot remains to be done, in my opinion, still. Well, it's only been roughly 35 years since the 80s. <laughs> yes, that's true. Well, 
that's a lot of time. It's over a generation. Yes. But, well, we know how long it can take until certain standards become established. I remember from my time at university that we used to say that old ideas die out with the old people and only then they make room for new ideas. Have you made similar experiences with uh, standardization and regulations? I think that idea, it does uh, hold a lot of credibility. I think that when we look at human nature, whether it's in science or in any other field, we are very, what's the word I want to use? Well, really, we become very devoted to our favorite theories and ideas. And so as we become uh, so captivated by our own ideas and maybe invest a lot of energy and time writing about them, we're slow to change them in the face of new evidence. And so it is unfortunate but true that much of the progress in science hasn't come from the embracing of the data, but really from slowly but surely older people retiring, the new people not being so wedded to the old ideas, they weren't their ideas particularly, and so they're more ready to accept new concepts and new developments. New concepts, new developments. John, you were the first person who developed a hypnosis course in the early 90s of the last century that was a hypnosis course for academia. Is that right? Yes. Back in 1990, uh, we set up a course, uh, which I'd written uh, the basis of that course, which was the first course in the National Health Service, the NHS here in the UK. And that was under the aegis of the University of Manchester. And that course was to teach nurses, midwives, people who would be using hypnosis with patients on the wards. And it was designed that they would have a, an ability to use hypnosis, which had an academic basis and acceptance. So that course, uh, we taught for many years, and it, has, um, it, was really the, it was the first official training in the NHS in hypnotherapy. And currently you still teach at the medical school students, right? I still teach in the medical school, and I teach medical psychology. And also in teaching, I'm still teaching uh, neuroanatomy in both practicals and tutorials, tutorial groups. So those are uh, academic commitments I still have, and uh, it's part of my work. It's part of your work means that you are gradually switching from teaching at the university towards training hypnotherapy or hypnosis in general more, right? Yes, because over the years, uh, the need for hypnotherapy as a very brief form of psychological therapy, as a very powerful form of psychological therapy, is seen. It's seen in the UK, in the Western world, in many parts of the world. And where the access to psychological services is very limited. The ability of governments to fund and train psychiatrists, psychotherapists, which is a very long trainings, 
uh, is limited by their finances and by other by structural reasons as well in the academic system. And for many reasons anyway, many people do not have good access to psychological therapies. Hypnotherapy really fills that gap in a very powerful way, uh, much more effectively than, say, training counsellors who only have a, a short period of training and therefore are equipped to deal, deal with simpler problems. But with hypnotherapy, training them, even for a relatively short period of time, we train over 200 hours, that enables them to work with quite substantial uh, range of problems. Some problems that are quite, uh, would be considered relatively severe, and yet they would do this work effectively and safely and ethically. So that's a part of our, uh, my mission, my purpose at the moment, to spread that hypnotherapy practice as far as I can globally. And with this position now of function, I imagine that it is very helpful that you are also the CEO of Westwood Publishing that publishes the Green Bible of Hypnosis, the book of Dave Elman, Hypnotherapy. And you are also the current president of the ACHE, the American Council of Hypnotist Examiners. If you look at your two positions there, in how far do they help you to spread the ideas and the techniques of hypnotherapy? Well, firstly, the publishing is important because it means we can keep very good quality materials in print, among the most important works that we feel uh, that help students in their learning about hypnotherapy. They're very important training materials that we produce, and these are available to students around the world. And certainly in our own classes, uh, we all the students get access to this kind of material we provide as part of our training materials and the courses that we teach. And Westwood is a very specialized enterprise founded by Gil Boyne uh, at a time when some of the hypnotherapy materials were only available to licensed clinicians. In other words, licensed psychologists uh, and physicians. And there was an elitist element uh, of thinking at the time that unless you had uh, training to physician level, you know, MD or a PhD in psychology, it wasn't appropriate to practice hypnotherapy. And thankfully, that flawed thinking has now left us. And so the publishing company that was set up by Gill at the time made good works available, and we're keeping that tradition going of making information about hypnotherapy available to people who need it and will benefit from it. Uh, the ACHE, the American Council of Hypnotist Examiners, was set up by Gil Boyne to help set and maintain standards in the U.S. for clinical practice and for training in schools. The way schools trained that they would have a minimum curriculum and basic curriculum, and then they would all at the same time have to submit their students to an examination, which was again set, which was set by the ACHE. So we knew that students had passed uh, certain standards before they were considered graduates who were, enabled to, were able then to go out and work with the public with clinical issues. And the ACHE has had links with many schools over many years in different parts of the world. So it's 
It's 36 years now since it was founded. Uh, this is October 2016, so it's over 30 years, 36 years. And in that time, it's been a very positive force for our field and has protected it uh, on many occasions, about 40 occasions, where there were attempts to restrict the practice of hypnotherapy to just some very elitist groups who felt they should control the field. Uh, ACHE continues its work in America and has affiliations with uh, many countries and the uh, bodies there that are not only training people but are regulating hypnotherapy in those countries, which is mostly self-regulation, voluntary regulation. Thank you very much, John. Unfortunately, our time for part one has come to an end. And I would like to thank you very much for your insight, for your information. But before we quit, have you got some last words right now that you would like to give to our listeners? Well, Axel, I hope anybody listening is keen to find out more about the work we do, the training we offer, and how they can learn hypnotherapy for their own benefits. Not necessarily to train to become a hypnotherapist with us, but if that's part of their drive, their passion, their vocation, well, that's fine. I would wish that they would be able to do that and uh, or train with other good schools that exist out there. At the same time, for people who are interested in learning about hypnotherapy for their own purposes, for personal development, to help them with psychological issues, I do hope they will take the time to look into the subject. And if necessary, then, if their interest is there, to connect with us and we will be able to provide them with more information. Thank you very much, John. It was a pleasure to talk to you and talk to you again in part two of our mini-series, Who is Dr. John Butler? Thank you, Axel. Goodbye for now. Goodbye for now. Now and to all of our listeners, if you have liked this interview, please subscribe to our channels, go to our web pages, and share the videos and podcasts. With that said, have a good day and talk to you soon again. Goodbye for now.